And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, welcome everyone to the Weighing In Podcast, where we normally are going to be talking about all the fights that just took place this last weekend. But there's no goddamn fights that took place this this weekend, so we're going to talk about news, we're going to talk fan questions, we're going to talk about everything that is interesting actually in our sport, other than the actual fights. My man, the punk is sitting there ready to disperse his knowledge. I can see him. He's just waiting for the moment for me to say, how's it going, Josh? (laughs) I'm letting it brew. I'm just stirring it up in my head how I'm going to attack today's show i think but you know what podcast day where is podcast day podcast i can't see you buddy i like when i can see that ugly mug where you at come on come back on camera come back on camera there he is just for a split second i sent you a jack black video can you please pull that up and play that for us yeah can you please can you please i sent him a jack black video john i gotta be honest from now on, this is going to be my entrance song. Every time I have to do a show without you, this is going to be my entrance song. This is the greatest. Let me come on. You hear it? Here it goes. Ready? Oh, he's going to put it on his life. In my life, I can see that the lucky one is not me, but you, because you get to see me. Me! Yes, <laughs> that's the greatest video ever. He is, oh man, I saw that video and I was thinking to myself, that is my new entrance song. If I could use that as a walkout for my fights, I would have used that thing on repeat every funny, jo- single day. Josh hears it and thinks that's his new walkout song. I hear it and think, oh God, here comes another copyright strike. Oh, that's probably true. Probably true. Uh... That's the greatest thing ever. I thought it was amazing. Amazing. John, I mean, really? So, that's, that's how I approach so, life. That's how I so approach life. So basically, right it's just that this is your world and everybody's living in it. And they're lucky that you allow it. That's what you're Abs- trying to say. Absolutely. John, there is no- John, you've hung out with me enough. You, you have understand lost your that, fucking mind, dude. I'm just telling you. I out. think up some of the craziest nonsense you could possibly oh, yes. think oh, up. Yes. And, yes, you do. You know, I just. Every now I've, and then I've, I'm actually the point where I, <laughs> I stop it. And there's every now and then I go, I just got to let this go because I want to see the results. <laughs> and, I, and I'm over here like in quicksand going, John, save me. Save me. And John's like, nope. nope. Man down. Nope. Man down. Let's yeah. go. That's it. Down it's goes so much Josh. Fun. Down goes Josh. Hey, but it's okay. You know what's funny is when you're big enough like you, you can just help me right back up. No problems. One okay. hand, one finger, whatever it is. But it's great. I, I got I just the way I approach my life, John, you know, you've been around me long enough. Gotta have fun, baby. I just love gotta have fun. Every single moment. Life of is great. I'm doing. Think about it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I it's so funny. I just uh had posted a thing on my Instagram on at the real punk, and uh it was a picture of me fighting with Bobby Green. I lost that mm-hmm. fight, and yep. um, and you know, and but it was like I look back at I look more back at the photos of the fights that I lost, and I'm like, you know what? I was still able, like 
to have so much fun. Like those camps. I remember moments throughout those fight camps. Sure. You know, whether it was training with Fitch and Koscheck and Swick. And then as they kind of went away, it became Habib, Islam, you know, the other Islam, Mamadoff. And, you know, those three guys were like my main training partners mixed in with a little bit of Gabe Carrasco and, you know, and Rockhold. And it was like, I, I was blessed to have such good people around me that were just fun. Just, just, uh, it was just great. I, I think about, and I'm sure you maybe think about this too, like doing, being refing and all the worlds, all the places you traveled around the world, how nice it was. Oh, like, fantastic. I mean, some, I'm sure some places were not nice, but I, I used to say, I used to say it in a weird way, but I, I would say it that, man, if I die tomorrow, I want everyone to know I die a happy dude, man. I did yeah. more things, went more places, or took part in more special things that, you know, you were just so lucky to be part of than I ever could have ever wanted or imagined in my life. It's like, man, I want everyone. I went out happy. It was great. I had nothing but a blast. Yep. I mean, I think too many people look back and they just, there's too many regrets. And I'm thinking to myself, I have no regrets. I have no regrets. I mean, I have like maybe one. You're always going to have something you say, I could have done that better. I should have done that this way. I should have done this. Sure. But you can't dwell on that. Yeah. For me, it was part of what life is. Yeah. My one regret, and I don't think I've ever told anyone this is, is just that that's, there was one regret. It was the weekend that my dad passed. It was on a Thursday, which was my birthday. He called me and I missed his call because I was training and I looked at my, my phone as he called. And I was like, oh, I'll call back right after. And I forgot. I knew it was my birthday and I called him back. I was like, I'll call him back after. I didn't get done training until like 10 o'clock at night, 930 at night. I didn't call him back and I knew he worked early. So it was like sat, you know, Friday went, Saturday went, Sunday came and football was on. I knew he always just sat around the house on Sundays and watched football. That's my dad. You know, he was an Eagles and a Redskins fan. So he just sat around and watched. He always wanted to try to watch both games and he was that kind of guy. And so on Sunday, um, you know, I just, I was like, Oh, I'm going to call him. I knew the Washington game was going on. I'll call him tonight because you know, the Sunday night football game. And when I, when I looked down and I saw the Sunday night football game was on. I, it was like kind of like almost within like 20, 30 minutes of each other. I got the call from my uncle that he had passed. And I just, that's my biggest regret. If I had anything to regret in my life, it would be that, mm-hmm. you know, like I knew on, I could have called him on Thursday. I completely forgot to call Friday, Saturday. I thought about it. I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I'll catch him. I know for sure tomorrow, Sunday, it's football day. I'll catch him. But they just so happened those two days, that day on Sunday, the Eagles played in the morning and the Redskins played in the afternoon. And I was like, I'll call him tonight because I know he's not going to be like into the game. I want to make sure I have his, you know, full attention. Just yeah. my dad was very into football. So it was, especially when it came to his two teams. And so I was like, okay. So it just, that to me was my big, would be my biggest regret in terms of, but everything else. Like people are like, oh, if you would have left to like another gym, you could have done this. Or if you had a different manager, you could have done this. If you had different trainers, you could have done this. And I was like, I don't regret any of that. I'm happy with every single fucking person I've ever been around. Absolutely, man. Yep. This is where I, yeah, I used to give I'm the blessed. talk on, on 86,400. Because, you know, mm-hmm. I, I would say that 86,400, you got that many seconds in the day. And I used to put it into money for kids and give talks. And it's look at the one thing that you can never, you don't care how much money you have, you can't buy back time. So no. spend your time wisely. You know, spend it around the people that, you know, make you feel good. The people that are good for you. The people that you know would be there for you. Spend your time wisely. 
Yeah, you like uh, you're not you're not you're probably maybe the only one that's never really given me a hard time. But I mean, I'm someone that only sleeps maybe four and a half, five hours a day. Mm-hmm. Like I don't sleep a lot. You're yep. probably only the only one of the only ones that never said like, guys, just sleep more. And I, everyone's like, oh my god, I can never do that. You're like, you're foolish. And I'm like, that's just me. I, <laughs> I go to bed at thing, twelve. I sleep, yeah, mine, mine, mine used to be. I well, when I was working, I got four hours. I would go to bed at twelve and I'd be up at four. Yeah, four hours a day. That was it. And then it's, it was as time got on, but I still, I'm about six hours. That's about it. Yeah. That's all I can do. And everyone said, no, you need at least eight hours. I'm, like, I'm glad you do. But I wake up and once I wake up, I'm up. Yeah. <laughs> I've also learned that if I sleep eight hours, I'm like shit all day. <laughs> I, it's horrible. I, I can't, I can't function. I'm like, people look at me and like, God, you look tired. I'm like, I slept eight hours today. They're like, you don't look like it. When I sleep four, four and a half, maybe five hours, I'm up, I'm moving, I'm doing shit. I'm like around the house early, feeding the dog, getting him outside, taking him for a walk. Like my day is going and yeah. I don't know what it is. I just feel so much better. It's funny because on the road, you and I'll text you early and be like, hey, let's go to coffee. You're like, yep. I'm like, you up? Yeah, I'm up. <laughs> let's go. And everyone's like, we're, we're, we're done with breakfast and everyone's trickling down, right? We've been sitting there for two hours. Two hours. Everyone's trickling down, just having coffee in there. They're like, oh, when'd you guys get here? We're done. Are like, oh, you guys going to order food? We're like, we're already ate. So um, I think that's probably a big reason why we mesh so well, which is great. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, both a little, it's both a little psycho. We, but it, it, we started this whole conversation based around everyone wakes up in the morning with a choice, the choice to get up, to enjoy their life, to have fun. Everyone is this, everyone is blessed in almost the same way, almost the same way. And what I mean by is almost the same way is you have the opportunity to change your attitude on how you go about your day. And I, every morning I wake up and, you know, like I said, last week, we, you helped me through a lot. And last week it was a lot. Of, I didn't want to be around anybody. I wanted just to be around yeah. myself. And, um, <clears throat> you know, and I thought a lot about my dad this last week. And I thought a lot about my friend that, you know, passed. And I just thought about a lot of life. And I'm thinking I need to just back, get back to the rhythm of I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be doing what I love. I was blessed to fight for 20 something years. You know, I had my first fight at the end, you know, beginning of 97. I mean, I fought till 2000. I fought till 2019, I think is my last fight in February of 2019. If you call I'm a lucky son of a bitch, man. Oh, oh, yeah. oh says this the WWE the, guy, right? Says, says the, the man who's never been in a fight in his life. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He has. His, he has. His wife whips him around quite a bit. Oh, okay, she lets him know. She's, <laughs> she's out there. She's out there tearing his ass up. So I love it. But uh, overall, no, we have fun. We have so much it. fun. Got you know? to. I have fun with podcast Dave too. I wish I, I wish we could see his face more. If he'd light his lighting and use like a little bit better camera, be seen. he don't want to be seen. I understand why though. Because I mean, with... he talks too much shit and people are gonna know him on the street. And then you're right there, yeah. you go in that fighting thing again. Now his wife's yeah. gonna protect him. Yeah, yeah, she does. <laughs> she does. She's hey, I'll be I'll be the first one to say, man. If she gave me the look, I'd be like, all right, I'm good. Yeah, I'm done. I'm good. I'll, touch st- I'll step away. Nope, nope. I could like beat Ms. him. Like, her, I'm not too sure about. Shit, like Miss McCarthy, I ain't fucking <laughs> at all. Dude, she's she's sending me a text. It just sounds like she's yelling at me. <laughs> dude, the best the best the best part about my wife is like my wife is she's been fantastic in my life, and you know her whole thing is I'll be the bad guy, and man, yeah. she has more people. <laughs> in a position they go i'm not afraid of you i your fucking <laughs> wife scares the shit out of me yeah <laughs> and i'm like yep yep you, you oh, should yeah. be that way that's <laughs> so funny when she said i'd be the bad guy i'm like wow she's really falling in that role very oh, well she's good like, at it. <laughs> she's doing a great job <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
All right, well, hey, before we actually get started, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. If you guys are new here, hit the subscribe button. Podcast Day gave me that little tidbit when I was doing the MyBookie advertisement. I'm just being honest. If you guys like our content, John and I, we break down fights. We give you guys ideas on how to bet. And other people guys copy are, it. And other people copy it. We've noticed it quite a bit. <laughs> All as of lately. Is I feel like I'm watching my own show, but in somebody else's voice and face. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, <clears throat> saying, saying the same thing. And it's exactly. only like two days after we said it. It's pretty good. Sometimes I'm impressed. That. It's like a total of like 12 hours. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you guys go to WayneInPodcast.com, pick up some of our merch. Also hit that subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up and the, and the little bell. The bell is a notification. The reason why we say hit the bell, if you guys are new here, because we drop shows kind of randomly every once in a while. Like I'll give you guys an example. The Chamayev and Nate Diaz situation. We dropped a special show on Friday for everyone to talk and to cover that situation. And sure enough, that show crushed it, killed it. Some of our best content we have done in a while. And I got to be honest, it was so great to be part of that. You guys help support us all. So make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. Thank you guys. And uh, let's get into some news. Look, let's just rock because there was no fights this weekend, John. So we got to talk about the freaking news. Let's get into some news. What you got for this podcast, Dave? Podcast Dave. Is he, anyone? Bueller? Oh, it's Bueller. Well, we had so, one person sorry, that decided. My thing was on mute because my, my gardeners were outside, so I was like, muting it for a second. Yes, yeah, so sorry. Your wife we was yelling at you? Your wife was yelling <laughs> yeah. at you? She's like, she was like, I can hear Josh talking shit. You better tell him right now before I come in there. <laughs> I fucking love her. Uh, um, after getting trolled in the midweek show last week, um, <laughs> we, we got wrecked. Kevin Holland announced his retirement. Yeah. And then let's give you guys a little let's give you guys a little backstory on this. We film on normally like Tuesday nights. It drops Wednesday morning. Um, We got what happened was we filmed this on Tuesday night last Mm -hmm. Tuesday and it dropped supposed to drop Wednesday morning. But there were some uh, Internet issues in Austin, Texas that podcast Dave was having. So it actually didn't drop till like mid mid afternoon. Well, they dropped that news in the morning. So if normally John and I would do a special show for something like this, but there just wasn't enough one fight, we're not going to do ain't it. Big enough. It's got to be a bigger fight, you know. If it but was, it's a good you know, fight. like you said, if it was Chamayev, it is a great fight. If I was going to pick a comeback fight, like from his retirement, from his whole like what four days <laughs> from of his retirement, three hour, his three, three hour, hour retirement, <laughs> I would have picked Stephen Thompson. I'm just yeah. being honest. Right. And for Stephen Thompson, this it's is a great, a great fight. This is a great matchup for you. This show is brought to you by mybookie.ag. And look, Podcast Dave gave me some great advice. If you guys are here for the first time, make sure you go. You guys go to mybookie.ag. Use our promo code. John and I are going to help you guys on some fight knowledge, give you some fight breakdowns to help you guys with the best bets you can possibly make. Of course, in mybookie.ag. If you guys use our promo code WAYNEIN, they're going to give you a little extra spending cash with your first initial buy-in. Also, most online gambling sites, they make you use your winnings three, four, seven, sometimes up to 10 times. Not mybookie.ag. What they do at mybookie.ag, when you use our promo code, you only have to bet your winnings one time. And after you bet your winnings one time, you can pull your money out and go ahead and enter back in to reattack using our promo code WayneIn. Go to mybookie.ag, use our promo code WayneIn. Look, Holland may try to take you down, but he has no wrestling, not the wrestling pedigree of a T Wood or somebody that you faced before in the past that can actually wrestle. But I love this fight. The length of Steven Thompson, the length of Kevin Holland, the speed of Kevin Holland, I think is going to be more than uh, Thompson because of the age. 
Yep. But I also think that just the craftiness of Stephen Thompson, the ability to put combinations together that Kevin Holland's probably not used to. And there you go. The combinations that are not normal because yep. Stephen Thompson can do things that other guys can't, and he will throw combinations that you have not seen before. Yeah. And that can create problems. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, got to be honest, when they matched, when I saw this, I was like, oh, okay. Thank you. I'm almost. I'm gonna say thank you for this because I like yeah, this fight. I really like this fight. And, uh, if, and, we, and if Kevin Holland was gonna come off of retirement after three hours into a fight, I'm yeah. really glad it's this one. And I will never ever believe him uh, when he says I'm retired again. Well, okay. look, we talked we about that. him him <laughs> retiring. The reason why we said that it was pretty much if it did happen, we understood because John's privy to some inside information on what he made his last fight. He made a ton of money. He was doing the money dance in the, in the freaking end zone. Okay. And I mean, I'm going to be honest. If I'd have made that much money for one fight and I probably would have maybe retired too. Cause I, I was always, I was, I feel like I was always being pretty good with my money. So like if that amount of money, I've been like, all right, you know, like probably at least take a year off. I mean, and go, go do something. Right. You would, you would have but, retired until the, until the IRS agent came and said, you owe tax. Yeah, and you like, owe oh, half. back to work. Yeah. You owe half. Once you say you owe half, I'm <laughs> like, it. fuck, son yeah. of a, son of a bitch. Bastard. All right. But this is a great fight. Looking forward to it. December 3rd. It's on a Saturday, December 3rd. Is it a pay-per-view or is it just a, it's a fight night. Okay. It's a fight night. Is it, are they the main event? I would imagine that's the main event. Let's yeah. I believe that's, that's the main event they fight. said, but yeah, that's right. not a, that's not a fight night from uh, the Apex. That one is actually, I think Orlando. I, I got to be I'm honest, man. I think it's Orlando, Florida. Oh yeah, Orlando. It says it right there. Okay. Yes, yeah. Orlando. So if you guys have not seen, we've had. I know it was a while back. It's probably about a. I'd say about eight months ago, maybe a little bit longer. We had Stephen Thompson on our show. Go back and through the archives and check it out, man. Go back and check out our interview with Stephen Thompson. Mm -hmm. Great guy. I was actually on a movie with him. We did the what was it called? Range, uh, Range Nineteen. Oh, with Ke Tim Kennedy, Randy Tour, yeah, yeah, Keith yeah. Jardine, Mindy Robinson. Uh, uh, can you look it up there, podcast? I, I, I say, it, yeah, it was, it was Range like, Range Nineteen, I believe, is what it was called. Something like that. Yeah. But we, yeah, we had and we had a lot of veterans uh, that were on there that had you know lost limbs and uh, had some issues and, and it was a ridiculous working movie, on. It was, it was a it was it was, it was, was ridiculous, fun. but it was, but it was so fun. much fun. Yeah. Phil Davis, my boy, was on there, and we had Tim Kennedy is the one that brought us on. Tim. Uh, does so much range 15 range 15 i thought it was 19 but 15 we had so much fun man uh yeah i played a zombie steven thompson played a zombie keith jardine played a zombie phil davis played a zombie we had a, such a great time it was a blast and uh yeah randy was on there man randy i think was the lead zombie he ended up fighting uh, hey, fought somebody tim. fought tim. tim tim fucked him up <laughs> <laughs> no it was like it was so much fun though we had we it's that was uh, just a quick little backstory on this you guys is that was right when Phil Davis had left the UFC and went to Bellator. And so Phil Davis and I shared a trailer. And it, the greatest part was, is Phil, I was on one, they had my name on one side of the trailer on the door entrance on one side, but it connected in the, like in the middle, the trailer connected. Yeah. And so there was no entry. Like it was, so Phil Davis had his, his, uh, his name on one, one window. And I had my name on the other window on both doors. So the one door and he had the other door. And he walks in, I'm sitting inside and I'm filming him. And he walks in through my name and he's like, ah, oh, man, this just doesn't seem right. You know, cause I was, I was, I was actually still with the UFC at the time or no, no, I, no, I just left. I just so left. I was probably, with Bellator. Yeah. 
That's he why they walks put you in, both together. They, they, they shunned you. <laughs> but it said, but I think it said under my name, it said Josh Thompson, UFC. And it said, okay. said, uh, Phil Davis, Bellator. I'm trying to remember, but he walks in and he looks he's like, Oh man, no, I think I'm in the wrong place. And then he walks out and he comes in through the other door. He's like, now this is more like <laughs> it. It was <laughs> fucking great. Like it was Phil's a great funny. fucking little like quick thing that we did just filming, but it was so fun. We, we had a great time. Everyone on there was absolutely amazing. We had UFC fighters. We had Bellator fighters. We just had everyone that was, that loved the sport. And this was a great, great opportunity to like jump into a movie. God, we had fun. It was so much fun. Uh, but that's a little throwback memory from, from me. And, um, gosh, Keith Jardine, how's he doing? Someone told me he's doing really good. He's doing really good. Keith, Keith has made an actual career now as an actor. He's Gosh. doing very well. He's got stunt yeah, work. He's got acting work. He's doing great. Gosh, he's he he's a stud, man. He's a uh, stud. He has that look too. He has that oh, biker look. Perfect that look. <clears throat> do you, do you remember, remember uh, who was the other guy? Uh, remember the guy, uh, uh, the Russian guy. Oh, Oleg Taktarov. Oh yeah, Taktarov. Yeah, he yeah. he made a career of it. He was in a bunch of good movies, all so Russian did, movies, uh, God, gangster damn, Russian man. movies. He was on uh, Ultimate Fighter. Uh, what a, uh, God dang it, I'm losing my mind. He's part of uh, Eddie Bravo's crew. Um, it was about a 10th planet, bald. Oh, my God, I've lost it. I can't remember. He has like a Chris, Chris something. Chris. Like, no, it's, it's not like, Chris. It starts with a T. <clears throat> Freck. But Oleg was the first guy. And look at yeah, Oleg was, the, Oleg was the very first guy that actually made... Yeah, he was in a he lot of good getting, movies. He got pulled into that movie with Robert De Niro. Man, he made some, uh, made himself, a, made a name for himself. But goddamn, I can't think. Reno, of no, what one. was the one? Uh, Ronan. He was in Ronan. Wasn't he one of the top yeah. lead bad guys in Ronan? Yeah, he was, he was yeah. one of the one of the Russians that was bad. Oh my who else? god, who was is that, is that? Headquarters guy or no? Nah, it's, it's gonna be long gone now. As far as uh, he hasn't been with Eddie for a while, but, but the one was. guy, the the one guy, uh, Chris, uh, had the like the Polish last name. He did um, with uh, gosh, Polish last name. Yeah, he has the, the like the tattoo, Chris something. Chris, uh, man, <clears throat> he was in the the uh, Kevin something movie. What was Kevin? Kevin, uh, not not Kevin Hart. Oh shit. What was the movie with uh, Denzel Hordedeke? Washington? Is it this one right here? Chris Hordecki? Hordecki? No. No, no. Chris Hordecki's younger. No. But if you go if you go to The Equalizer with Denzel Washington, he played one of the bad guys on that. One of my favorite shows. One of my First favorite show. shows. It's a great one, man. Absolutely. He was one of the guys that got killed in the in the uh, like the the Lowe's Home Depot thing. But he would have been one of the stunt guys. Uh, well, Jay, Jay Heron's done a great job. Oh, Jay's done a Jay Heron. Jay Heron's exactly another one. Fucking no. everything. Um, Chris, you said Chris something. No, it's T. Starts with a T. Tony? Oh, no, no, it's not yeah, Tony. Let's um, pull up. What's well, He would. He would have been. He would have been one of the stunt guys in it. If you're, if All right, let's see. I'll look go. at it. Sorry about that. <clears throat> Here comes the boom. The guy that played in there, Chris something. Here comes um, Chris. Right, but John Zinsky, says you look at our guy again with T, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Shoot, man. All right, all right. So Kill John's looking this in this movie. In the Equalizer? Are you sure the it was Equalizer? Equalizer? The TV Equalizer. Show, right? Yeah, he was in Equalizer. No, Equalizer is no, Equalizer is a movie. Yeah. With Denzel. Oh, this, I think show. this is saying it's a TV show. Hold on. No, oh, no, 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 no. Equalizer no, no, the movie. Show. No, the movie with no, Denzel. Movie. That's what I said. Right, you got okay, Queen Denzel. Latifah up there, dude. Well, Come that was on. an Equalizer <laughs> TV show. <laughs> Equalizer TV show. 
They replaced Denzel uh, with Queen Latifah. Uh, let's see. Funny. All cast and crew, and then we'll find the. God damn! I, I can't believe I can't remember his freaking name. Um, I'm blowing it. Remember well, Chris Szczynski, right? So, so, who's oh, the guy? Timothy. Yeah, Chris John Smith. Chris Christoph. Chris Szczynski. right? He, yeah. he was in Here Comes the Boom, was, I believe. Yeah, he was in there. He's a Tate great guy. Tate Fletcher, thank you very much. Tate, Tate Fletcher, okay. Tate Fletcher. I'm glad yeah, you he, got it right with the Tate. Tate has had, he's had a great career as a, as a bad guy, as a stunt guy. He's doing oh. freaking phenomenal. Remember Tate there? Yes. Yeah, he's got that, look at that mustache. He reminds Tate, me dude. of fucking Peter Queeley a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. He man. does look a little like Peter Quilly, right? Tate's a good guy, man. Really good. I can't believe I couldn't. I couldn't come up with his Tate name for nothing. Fletcher, man. Man. Lost wow. terrible, John. Yep. Terrible. Horrible, yep. horrible Jeez. human being. Tate, I See, apologize, brother. When it, yeah, <laughs> I want to let everyone know, man. John's birthday's coming up, and I'm just being honest. It's, that, it's that, gone. That still trap door is not so still trap anymore. That still trap door has been blown off, and there's nothing but wind going from one well, ear to the next. It's got a little seepage going on, though. I mean, we're letting the water in, which is kind of we're drowning now inside there, but it's, it is what it is. It was, it was like when, you know my little podcast shack that I have, you know, it's getting all done, but they left the doors open, and so as I turn on all my stuff and I'm waiting and I'm looking, I go, holy Christ, I've got nothing but wasp all in here. Oh. I was vacuuming up wasps. I was sitting there, you know, sucking them out of the ceiling. I got, I got nine of them. Fuck, fuck that. <laughs> There's still a couple in here. I'm fucking leaving. If I'm filming, I'm like, hey, can you film by yourself? You're on your <laughs> fucking own. Hey, Jeez. do me a favor, Dave. Play that music for, by Jack Black for uh, Josh. I'm out. <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Oh, oh, gosh, guys. I got a little shadow going on here, Dave. What's going on? I got to adjust shadow? my lighting. Yeah, like, see the shadow, shadow right here? It was, it's from oh. my microphone. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know if sure I like that's... that. I got to start wearing darker nope. black shirts then. I got 25,000 um, audio listeners here that don't give a crap about your shadows. Oh, <laughs> that's wow. Exactly it. Well, it's more like 113. We just got to get you to start programming it better. <laughs> hey, what? All right. Hey, guys. Let's talk about some news. What do you got for us? We we went on a tangent on some stuff from yeah, all did. from I don't know. All from Kevin minutes. Holland pulling out of twenty seven minutes, thirty minutes. We fucking went. Talk on. about another retirement Gosh. that someone has pulled out of. Uriah Hall had recently said, "That's it. I'm done with MMA." And he was not lying though. He is yeah. done with MMA, but he's gonna fight Le'Veon Bell, who had a very nice performance if you watch it against Adrian Peterson. We've got a couple. That's what, the third running back from the NFL, Adrian Peterson, yeah. LeVon Bell, Frank Gore. Is there another? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But he's now, Le'Veon Bell is going to take on Uriah Hall on October 29th, the same date yeah. as the Jake Paul Anderson Silva fight. What do you think wow. of this one? I think that Uriah Hall and Kevin Holland, they have. They pulled out of retirement faster than Ron Jeremy pulls out of females. <laughs> yeah. That's what I fucking think. Their fucking pullout game is strong. They'd be quick with it. Quick on the draw, baby. Whoop, quick whoop. on the pullout. Oh, man. But I, I, honestly, you're right. I should mop the floor. I mean, I, what I saw, though, from Le'Veon Bell against Adrian Peterson, he's got power. I saw some good stuff. I saw some good stuff. He's clean. Yep. He stays tight. He doesn't try yep. to overdo it. He's not trying doesn't, to be flashy. He doesn't get. He doesn't start to flinch when he gets hit. He just keeps his eyes where they're supposed to be. When he was a running back, he had a different style of running. When he, especially when he was with the Steelers, he was someone that would just hide behind his. He would yeah. touch. He would touch his blockers, and he would walk. He would just basically hide behind them until until he couldn't hide behind them anymore. And then he tried to hole. cut in until right. he saw a hole and he'd cut out. Yeah. <clears throat> um. 
he is very patient as a as a boxer. Now, Uriah Hall, I think, is it's just going to be more fine-tuned. He should be tighter. But Uriah also banks a lot on his kicks. Yep. A lot of his combinations come based off of his kicks. So he's going to have to deal with a little bit of that power because Le'Veon Bell will be the bigger person. He will be, I think, I don't want to say yeah, a little, little bigger. Little Le'Veon bit. Bell walks around about 220, I think, 216, 220, yeah, so somewhere Uriah. in there. He's close, 215. You think so? From 180, yeah. 185 to, to yeah, 225? Okay, okay. Especially now for last Maybe. bit, yeah. Okay. I think it'll be close. So, I think it's going to be, but I think the, the, I think if Uriah can keep it tight, use some footwork, frustrate him a little bit, make him miss, get him to start opening up, use that, that pedigree of fighting, years of experience of being in the ring, of being in the cage, whatever. Then I think I think Le'Veon is gonna be like, oh look, I lost that round. Oh, look. and then he's gonna start trying harder. Start yeah, trying harder. start overextending. Start if trying you to can make also, something happen. There's that, and then if you can do it, if you can do what veteran fighters normally do, fucking be the hammer, be the bully, put make him fight on his back foot, make him exude like make him exude energy. That's a big word, by the way, for me guys. Well, just make exude make energy. Him, make him feel like, oh, I possibly shouldn't have done this. Yeah, but if you're making him, if you make him feel like possibly I shouldn't have done this, that means he's gonna he's gonna exude energy. I'm gonna keep using that word until someone gives him some credit. Go ahead, John, give me some credit. <laughs> no, he's just gonna exude energy. some energy. You don't exude he... energy, okay? Is, you exude you... confidence. No, <laughs> you don't exude you can... energy. Yes, if you can do energy. You can use it. I think can't exude yeah. energy. It's Dave, to give off. It's to, to give, give off. Yeah, to give off. Yeah. yeah. No, he's you not know, like, giving off. He's using energy. John. He doesn't John. want to exude energy. He wants to use it in a smart way. No, he, yeah, he wants to use it, but then he needs him to exude it. To, Le'Veon to, Bell needs him to exude to, energy. To come, out gradually it, and to come out gradually in drops. So I think hmm. it works. To come out gradually in drops. <laughs> he's going to end up having That's to exuding. fight harder than he's going to have to fight harder than he should. Yes. He's going to start trying to fight harder than he should. You know what? Let me keep it simple for John so he understands. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> I you just know, talked real, about that still trap. It's not the same anymore. We're now, the, the, now the I'm real just thing, I think The real thing I think you're going to see is a difference in this is Uriah at this point, he's comfortable at setting traps. He understands how to use feints to set up reactions from his opponent. I think you're going to see a lot of that. I think you're going to see the reaction starting to put Le'Veon Bell in situations where that he can then be hit and he's going to start getting hit and that's going to start to frustrate him. And in the end, I think, I, I think Uriah wins this. I think he wins it fairly handily. I agree. I, I think I agree with you. Um, I look at like when I, I spar with Robert Guerrero, the ghost Guerrero, I spar with this other guy named Ricardo Pinnell, who's like, I believe he was like 14 and 0. I think he lost his, his last fight, but I think he's probably 15 and one or 16 and one now or something like that. Guerrero was slick. They, these two used to be really, they're obviously very good boxers, but they were both pro boxers. And I would come in, I was in phenomenal shape. Like, phenom I was getting around, I was like two weeks out from my fight. Ricard and uh, Robert would call me, Hey, can you give me like three, four rounds? I'm like, Absolutely. Come down, spar. But I was always his first three rounds or four rounds of his 12 rounds of sparring. Yeah. Because by the third round, I was so tired yep, by just the traps he would set, the pressure he would put, just the way he would make me miss and then counter me. Like those things make you tense up. They make you use energy, make you exude energy that you don't want to exude. Okay. <laughs> I got to go with that. I'm not it. saying anything. I let and it go. That's, <clears throat> and that's exactly what I believe Uriah Hall has the potential 
to do against Le'Veon Bell. If he can do that, make Le'Veon Bell fight off of his back foot, make him feel uncomfortable. I think he's going to use more energy, John. Use more energy than he should in these type of situations, which will make him more tired faster and make him easier to hit. Yeah, I agree. Yep. All right. I do agree with you. I'm glad we cleared up that exude (laughs) issue. (laughs) That That is our spelling question for the week. Exude. I never said I was a grammar genius. You know what? <laughs> We're going to have to call our listener, Amanda. Tell Amanda, get on the air, bring her on, and just have yeah. her clarify this. Because she have is used, very good use at putting things or together. spend, or should it have been he exudes? Exudes. Exudes, <laughs> exudes too much energy. Uh, All right. What else you got for us there, podcast, Dave? All right. Retirement in the opposite direction. Frankie Edgar has uh, about a UFC 281 against Chris Gutierrez and. uh you were calling it the retirement fight. Excuse me. Could this you motherfucker isn't retiring. Could you, this could you say that last name again? What did you call Guti- it? Gutierrez. Gutierrez. <laughs> you can say you can say that name one of two ways: Gutierrez or Gutierrez. Gutierrez. You got in the middle. You're you're wrong on both. <laughs> hey, you went right hey, in the middle of both. Pronounce this word for me, John. Pronounce Gutierrez. This word for me. It's Gutierrez. T i e r. Pronounce that word. Gutierrez. Tier. Tier, right? Gutierrez. Gutierrez. But it's double No, 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 no. no. It's double double R. Sorry, dude. And then you have the E at the end, which changes it. Gutierrez. Gutierrez. There you go, baby. You're part of Texas now. Shit, I'm Mexican, dog. Don't make me pull it off. Don't make me pull that shit out my ass. Whoop, whoop. Uh, All right. Um, look, you don't think this Frank is Gager. it? You don't think this is the Absolutely last one? Absolutely not, man. No, I don't believe so. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it is. I talked to him. <laughs> I talked to him. He came out here. Uh, he was just here at my house uh, a couple weeks back, and uh, probably about a month ago now, and uh, had him and BJ Penn over at the house. It's great to see the two of them because, you know, they fought twice, but they're so fucking fun to be around. They're hilarious. Yeah. Two of my, two of my, I gotta be honest, probably my two best friends in the whole sport outside of, you know, Trevor Prangley. And, uh, these guys are just fantastic, man. These guys are so fun. But no, I think this is it for him in the fighting world. I want to be very clear. This guy. Well, no, no, in, 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 in the cage. Sorry, in the, in the cage. There yes. You go. In the, in, okay. inside the cage. Yes. He will be part of the sport. Hands down, he will be part of the sport. Now, it's just a matter of what fa- and which uh, facet he wants to be part of. It. He's got yeah. so many opportunities outside of this, and um, talking with him, and even talking with people that are trying to trying to coax him over into their side of the world. But uh, he is somebody that has just—he's got the respect of every single person I think that's ever fought. I can't imagine anyone that does not like this guy. You really need to look at yourself in the mirror and go, "Fuck, what am I doing wrong?" If you don't like Frankie Edgar. <laughs> He's a fucking fantastic person. One of the greatest human beings I've ever met. And um, he's got an amazing family. Just, just absolutely. I'm going to actually, I'm working on right now to see exactly, because the date is the week before our Bellator show in, um, in uh, Chicago. Yeah. So we, we are Bellator is on the 18th, I believe, which yep. is uh, Friday. And then they yep. are the weekend before. Yeah. They're so the 12th. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm probably going to fly That's out the same. There. The, the UFC, when it has the opportunity, you got to figure November 12th, 1993 was the very first UFC. So Ooh. this is November 12th, 2022. Yeah. From and, and here's the, here's the part that I love. It's from New York, Madison Square Garden, a place that, you know, Frankie is close to as far as you know where he lives in New Jersey and stuff. But it's this is the send-off, you know, that he deserves. A big show, a big place, and a guy that's had an incredible career. Well, this is the 30th fight in the UFC. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's done everything. I mean, yep. realistically, he's done everything. The craziest thing was, and I, I love Benson Henderson as well. I mean, I had him lose. I had I had Frankie losing the first fight, but I had him winning this. I had him winning the second fight. Okay. I was like, "How did you guys? Did you have him losing the second fight?" I honestly, I cannot remember. I know it was you're, close. You're dropping the fucking ball today. I bring up your birthday, <laughs> you and this is the type yeah. of shit you're gonna you do, do now. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to what was that? 2012. Fuck, I don't know. Uh, you're Jesus. asking me now. The guy with CT, you, you fucking you want the me to say this, what I thought was the score of a fight from oh. 2012? I don't freaking remember how I had it. I just remember it was close. I remember watching it, but I can't remember. I th- I think I thought that Frankie won. I do you think you need to figure this. Shit that's out. what I. That's what I believe, <laughs> but I'm not positive. But you know, yeah, it was. They were close. I, I thought he I, lost the first. one. I definitely one. thought I, he lost the first one. Yeah, but I thought for sure he won the second one. I, I don't know how he lost the second one, but uh, regardless. He, uh, he, you know, he beats BJ Penn, who's obviously a legend. He's already in the Hall of Fame. Um, I also believe, yeah, I beat him. And I also thought the third fight should have never happened. I don't know why they did it, but it was, I know BJ asked for that because he wanted that fight back. And yeah, yeah. But then moving on, um, you know, I thought he won the second fight against, uh, Benson. He only went down because Dana was like, look, you need to go down. If you lose to Benson the second time, you need to go down to 45. So he told Dana that he would go down to 45 if he lost the second Benson fight. Okay, I'll go. He's like, okay, on the stipulation is if I lose, I'll go down to forty five. So he went down to forty five. Fought his all he fought his ass all the way back up to another title shot. He's huh? fought, I think, two title shots, correct? Well, I'm gonna say multiples. Yeah, yeah, multiples. And so and then he twice. goes there, then he goes to thirty five. But then by the time he got to thirty five, the speed was a factor. The yeah. guys at thirty five are fast, you know, and, and his body frame. I want people to rem- I want people to understand this. When I train with him at AKA for not his first fight in the UFC, his his next three fights. Um, he fought, he trained us with a, uh, trained with us at AK. He was walking around and I was training with him. I'm like, dude, I'm going to fuck this guy up. He was fucking like a gnat all walking over around. Ah, he was walking 50, 53, 53, 52, yeah. 54. Yep. It really depended on how big of a breakfast he ate that day. <laughs> that guy, I swear to you, I was trying to get him fucking food every second because he lived with me for a while. Him and uh, Chris Ligori, uh, his best friend. The two of them were both fighting, and uh, Chris would come out, help him train, and Chris also had fights lined up around the same time. But Frankie was the guy, man. Like He'd come in. I'm like, dude, I love training with him. I love having him at my house. He was so he was just so chill, relaxed. We, I mean, we'd go to the city and hang out. We'd come back, and but he was a hard worker. And he was that gnat that I couldn't get off. And I was like, man, this guy's so small. But fuck, he can't, I can't get him off me. The wrestling, the top pressure, like he just put it together. He didn't hit hard, but he hit you three or four times before you realize. I was like in that, I was in that Chris Tucker movie, man. Which one of y'all motherfuckers hit me? Huh? Like, I, was like, I was chasing him around going, come here, you little son of a bitch. But he hit you once. But he was so great, man. And, uh, he is, he's still to this day, like I said, one of my best friends. And just, I look at him and I'm like, man, I can't, I'm going to, I'm trying, I'm trying to schedule it so I can go out and make sure I'm there in person for his last fight. And, uh, love the guy. So, and it make it kind of works out because if I'll just stay that week, my mom lives in Jersey. My mom lives, my mom lives literally like maybe a a quarter mile away from his house. They live like down the street from each other. Like my mom lives like has this little place like on the, on the water there. And then he lives like literally like favorite fighter. Yeah, <laughs> you mother. She's always sending me paper clippings of him. I'm like, hey, hey. She's like, look, I see him all the time because I've 
you know, we've had lunch with our families together and stuff. My mom and my dad and stuff out there and stuff. My stepdad and, um, you know, stuff. <clears throat> and so he's always been super respectful. His wife is absolutely amazing. And kids just, it's great, man. It's great. So I'm looking forward to seeing his, his last go around. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the next chapter is and what he yeah. decides to do. Whatever he does, if he even gives a fraction no. of effort that First he off, gives to whatever else, you have, he will you be successful. To, you don't even have to say that. This guy's a man. He only knows he only knows one fucking way. Yeah. And that's to work his ass off and make things happen. And that's why he yep. is the guy he's been. So Yeah. But yep. congratulations, Frank. I can't wait to watch that fight. Me either. All right, next. All right, let's move on to the next story. So um <sighs> this is not a fight, but Fazeev is essentially calling for the Gaethje fight. Um he he says to, he tweets out to Gaethje, you sort of tested me six times this year. I'm available for fair competition, bro. Uh, Justin Gaethje, unless you're worried, my skills will make it unfair. I love that statement. That is fucking perfect. It's just, I want you to think about this. How much better could you have written something? I'm available for fair competition, bro. Unless you're worried that my skills will make it unfair. <laughs> you gotta love that. It is a great, that's one of the best tweets ever. I love that one. It's clean and it says everything. And I'm being honest. If you're, if you're Fazeev, this is the best fight for you. This is a guy that will not try to take you down. Oh, he won't. He's not going to try to take you down. He's going to no, stand with absolutely you. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He's just going to. So how like, is it not the best fight for you in the lightweight division? I think you misread my you face. Look at everyone. Okay. I, 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 mis- I was like, what are you I thought, talking about? I thought There's you were no like, way what are you that Justin Gaethje's trying to take this guy down. No. Oh, no. All the guys that Justin Gaethje's supposed to have taken down. Yeah. He just decided fight IQ. Fuck it out the door. Like, I'm coming at you. Like, that's Justin Gaethje. That's who he is. Look, just Justin, I've got nothing but love and respect for the guy. Now, him and I had a little riff or whatever, and because over some stuff that I said on this podcast, you know, just about like fight IQ and hey, just, if he fought a little bit smarter, you know, I think there would have been a little bit more success in the big time fight. You know, with uh, with the the Eddie Alvarez fight, with a a little tweak here and there. Poirier but fight. But look, yeah, but you can't change who the fuck he is. Bingo. He's a I, I'm going to say, look, he's a fighter. He just to the fights core. his fight. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not mad at him for that. I'm not mad. I'm like, I just look. I like the guy. Look, how how do you not like the guy? That's my thing. Like, people like, I think because I say something like, oh man, because I want to see him be successful. I've always liked this guy. I've liked him when no one fucking knew about him in the World Series of Fighting. When people were talking shit about, oh, he's not that good. Well, guess where he's been for the last fucking five years in the top three rankings? Because that's how good he is. Remember when everyone continues to say. Oh, fighters and the promotions are not that good. This motherfucker's been proven he's been that good for the last five, six years or whenever they, he came over. He's that good. So yeah. let's not pretend. They, like, I just would like to see him if he fought a little bit smarter in some areas. But it's hard to change. He is it's hard he to is. change. It's hard to change somebody who has had so much success being who he is. Who he is see, but fighter. he's never changed. He's never changed. No, he's never changed, and that's why I go, "Hey, you know." And when you look at a Michael Chandler who came into MMA and was wrestler, wrestle, 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 take people down, use ground and pound, and it changed. Things all of a sudden changed to the point where he became this stand-up guy, and then he didn't use his wrestling. That's not what you see with Justin Gaethje. Yes, Justin was a wrestler who came into MMA, but from his very first fight, this is a guy that wanted to stand up and bang. 
And that's what he did. And he would use his wrestling as a defense to not be taken down to the ground by guys that could submit him. And he has been the same throughout his career. You know, there have been some you know guys that have gotten him down and stuff, and he's had some difficulties with some of them and the things that made the fights longer. But he's always been the guy that, man, he will stand and throw his hands, hit you with nasty kicks, and break you. That's been this guy from the fucking get-go. So his fight IQ is just fine with me. I have no problem with it because that's who he is. It just is. That's who he is. What you see, though, is this, is that guys, and, and nothing against my boy because I love me some Chael P. Sonnen, and I've had this conversation with him a lot. <clears throat> Chael struggled to get people to pay attention to him, and the UFC was on the border of cutting him. Yeah. So what he did is he changed. He changed his personality, a little bit of what Michael Chandler did. No one gave a shit who Michael Chandler was, even after he beat Eddie Alvarez the first time. No one cared. He had to start doing some sort of shtick. And that's kind of where he's doing. He tried doing it in the Bellator. It just didn't catch on. Then he got to the UFC and did his shtick. And it's it, after the fight performance that he had against Hooker. And then, you know, the fight the that he out. had against, uh, even the fight against Gaethje. At the end, are you not entertained? That whole hype, walking out of the cage. That really brought people to, to understand that there's certain fighters that don't care. They do care about winning. They do care about losing. Yeah. But ultimately is to be a fucking dog, to be a performer. They, we understand, they understand that performing at the highest level and giving it your all to them is satisfaction. Winning, of course, is the cherry on the top. Losing sucks. We all know that. But performing for the people that are paid their money and sitting in those stands is the ultimate satisfaction for a lot of fighters. And I think Justin Gaethje is one of those guys. Yep. But he fucking hates losing. I know he does. Yeah, uh, no but, doubt. And he loves winning. But ultimately, his goal is to make sure that he fucking left it all out there. And he never showed any anywhere of being someone that was going to take a step back and wilt under pressure. And you broke me. Fuck you. I'm coming for you. I'm trying to take your head off. And I'm trying to win this fight. That's the type of fucking fighter I love watching fight. fight. And the other thing with Justin Gaethje is... I'll never forget the story that Dana White told. Now, I don't know how true it is, but Dana said it. So it must be true. And it's on the internet. So it must be true. So <laughs> <laughs> he said, you know, okay, I'm when, waiting for this one now. When Justin Gaethje uh, was offered the Khabib fight, all it was during COVID. And he said, most fighters, Dana said, most fighters that are the main event. They ask to get their teammates on. They ask for, you know, VIP tickets. They ask for all this shit. He's like, yeah, they, they're the main event now. They want all this stuff. You know what he asked for? He said, yeah, can you just make I sure do. my mom I'm and dad are say. there? It's no, like, he says, he says, can you just and make I was sure that my mom yeah. and dad? Yeah. yeah, he's like, can you just make sure that my mom and dad are there? Like, I want to see, I want them to see me fight. Yeah. That, like, no matter what, however you feel, I don't remember how I feel about his fight IQ. I fucking love the guy just for that. Like, yeah. I mean... I know he probably don't like me because I say things about him, and I love the guy. I love watching. You mean him about fight. his fight IQ? No, yeah, and that's it. That's all I said. But like, I I love watching him fight every time. I mean, he's another one of those guys. When I know he's on a pay per view, that's it. I actually, I pay okay. for it. And so this is my whole point. Like I said, you know what you're getting when yeah. he's on the card, and you know what his mm-hmm. his game plan is going to be. You know what he's going to do during the fight. So. Yeah. 
how can you be disappointed with his fight IQ since you know what he's gonna do? I I know, but here when when you when you when you really really want to see someone win and then they don't fight smart, you're like fucking pulling <laughs> your hair can. out. It's it's almost like but I he's be being honest, who he is. It's here's the thing. If Justin Gaethje was the Chiefs, he's my team, and I'm riding <laughs> with my team right now because I'm a Chiefs guy. But Justin Gaethje, he I, I want to be I want to be like I want to be a fan of of his team. But when your team's not playing right, you're like fucking pulling your hair out. <laughs> so if look, he's great, and I think this is an amazing matchup. It would be Fazi's got to be very careful what he wishes for because. Look, it's one thing to fight Muay Thai style. It's one thing to fight like a like a kickboxer, but it's another thing to fight someone who is dirty and grimy and will make it a dirty fight. Knees up the middle, hold the head and uppercut. He's not going to just stand in front of you and let you let him kick you or let let you kick him. He's going to fucking return the kicks and he's going to throw some power. He's going to throw some heat and for Justin Gaethje finds the mark. And I'm not ruling out Fazeev. I know everyone's like, "Oh man, you've been fucking riding on Gaethje's nuts." Well, let me just tell you guys. Gaethje's great. We all know that. We the, the proof is in the pudding. That kind of thing. And Fazeev, he's very fast, explosive. He's got power. He's got kicks. He's got knees. He mixes it up very well. He's very talented. There's no doubt about that. Gaethje's not going to try to take him down. But I would love to see how he handles the leg kicks from Justin Gaethje, as well as that dirty, grimy boxing. Just the dirty boxing, the Randy Tours type type stuff. Grabbing the head, clinching, punching, punching, body shots. Boom, boom. Back to the griminess. I want to know because, look, I've seen a lot of top-level kickboxers. You make it a dirty, grimy fight like that, and all of a sudden they shut down. Yeah. You know? So this, this to me, has the, the makings of fight of the year and the potential of, you know, we're talking fight of maybe the decade. This is a great fight. I can't, I'm hoping they put this fight together. It seemed like a no-brainer. I feel like, uh, what's his name? What's the matchmaker? Hunter? Is it Hunter? No. What's matchmaker? It? Mick, yeah, Mick Maynard, Mick Mick Maynard, Sean I Shelby. How I come up with, I, I know Sean, well, but I mean Hunter, this, Hunter's, uh, a, Hunter's a little Hunter's, bit above those guys. This is yeah, this is one fifty five, <laughs> right? This is one fifty five. One fifty five. Okay, so um, yeah, Mick Maynard, like this is a no brainer, man. The fans, we did the work for you. Or actually, Fazeev did the work. No, for I think Fazeev did it for him. Fazeev did it for you. I, yeah. I think Fazeev wants a percentage of your paycheck, there, buddy. <laughs> 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 All right, man. Let's go. Let's go. What's next? All right, let's move on to the next story. Um, so USADA, so there was a whole thing about Connor not um, being drug tested in 2022. Um, I know that we had kind of discussed um, bringing this up before we started recording, and Big John had some, had some input here and some professional input. So John, why don't you kind of share that, and then Josh can uh, can go on and can go off on what he was. What I, I ain't got nothing to say. I ain't got nothing to say. Let John take to, it all. Hold it. You got you nothing got to say? This. All right. John, time out. I, hold I just, on. Let I me just, start talking. Let me start. That's what I wanted to know. <laughs> no, go ahead, John. Go ahead, John. John He's got table, nothing buddy. to say. We're going to see how long this lasts. No. Look, it is true that you know Connor has not been tested here in 2022. Connor was one of the most tested athletes the UFC had for a long time. When he had the leg break and your USADA, and you have a guy who is under medical care and getting things from the doctor to heal from that injury, they many times step away from that fighter knowing that he's not going to be competing for a set amount of time, and they'll slow down that process. Obviously, they slowed it down. Could he still be tested? Yeah, he can still be tested. But 
when you're in that position where you're taking medication, sometimes for the injuries you had, they like to step away for a little bit because you can test for those things because the doctor is giving to you. Now, the real question is, yes, you're supposed to then, if you're going to take those things, you got to go to USADA. How do you know that he hasn't gone to USADA and talked to him? He's, he's got a lot of representatives. I'm sure they've called, they've worked things out. Connor will be tested before he comes back. And that's all you can say about the whole thing. The guy has not been fighting. Whatever he's doing and stuff, as far as getting himself healed and ready, just get yourself ready to fight. When it's time that that fight comes in, I want to see him tested. I want to see everyone around him tested. And we'll see who's clean and who's not. You can't sit there and say anything now because he hasn't been tested. Oh, that means he's on steroids. Well, he might have been taking something that would be considered based upon trying to heal up his leg from the, the nasty injury he had and the surgery that he had. It's all, all possible. So you're condoning steroid use for recovery as well as growth hormone use for recovery, all that stuff. That You're condoning that. See, there you go, right, right just, there. Know what I, you're doing. Know what you're doing. First off, you're talking, and you said you were going to shut up. Okay, so now <laughs> I just want to point out you could not keep yourself quiet, and and you had uh, to do it. Okay, so now that you did asking it, asking you a simple question. Now that you did it, now you're making an accusation <laughs> that you are assuming, assuming that he's doing. No, you're assuming it. You don't know. Do you know? No. Do you know? No, I'm just using the words that you said. You said no, no, that sometimes no. they You're use steroids assuming. for recovery. Okay. You That's can you take said. something like you could take something like a prednisone, which is okay. a steroid. Okay. Because you got sick from COVID and it would help you with your breathing breathing. Is that gonna help you in the fight? No. Okay, but hey, per per you, HIPAA you violations, test. you can't talk about my COVID. But okay, per HIPAA violations, <laughs> you already talked about it, you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> but you would test for Go it. On. So look, all I'm saying is, look, he's not fighting. When he's fighting, I want to see him tested. Right now, hey, it is what it is, and I and I'd say that for any fighter, I don't care who it is that had an injury like that. Let him be. Let him get back, and once they say they're ready to come back, test him. See, here's the thing. The only the only issue I have, right, <clears throat> is I can kind of, I kind of agree with you on this. The only issue I have is that why is the NFL and Major League Baseball they're suspending players who have had similar injury, not not full broken bones like this, but torn ACLs, things like that for recovery. They're suspending them for PED use. So it's obviously on their banned substance, whatever it is they're taking. Now, whether it's referred to them by the doctor or not, I don't know. I'm okay. just simply saying. <clears throat> they are still uh, suspending They're still testing. players. You're still, still testing and still suspending players and athletes okay. for... Hold on. Who's in charge of that program? I'm not sure. The I, NFL. The, the, the NFL yeah. is. So they've decided that I don't give a shit. If you're, if you're under contract with your team, whether you're on the injured, injured reserve list, any of that, we're going to test you. Okay, they can do that, but that's just not what's happening here. I don't have a problem with it. Test him when he is saying, I'm prepared to fight. Test him. Well, then I guess, I guess my next question is then, John, is USADA really an independent program? Josh, if you think anything is really independent, okay. we got some talking to do. I'm just asking. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just, just answering. I'm just asking. Let's just be honest. Okay, okay. You can't, yeah. have, you can't have things that have gone on with certain individuals mm -hmm. and... The program that the UFC and USADA have combined on, you can't have some of the things that have happened and say that, oh, 
it's independent. No, there's a combination and there is a definite, a communications between the two. And there is some relief in some areas uh, on certain athletes. And that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah. I I really feel like the, the Nate Diaz thing really opened my eyes to it all because we had seen other, other athletes before that had tested hot before the fight. Yeah. Uh, Brock Lesnar, and then they still allowed the fight, and then that's right. So well, Brock on, decided and then to fight, and then, and then in the end, it bites him. So. <clears throat> yeah, that's that was one of the things that I loved that you know when Nate did that. <sighs> but Nate, very few athletes are willing to say, "I'm out," because there's no pay. Yeah, all that work you put in, all of it gone when you say, "I'm out." Yeah, and so it's tough for an athlete to do, especially when hey, especially when, when it's a lot of money. There you go. Yeah. Interesting. All right. I'll let John talk enough. Next. All right. You want to move on to some uh, fan questions? Let's go. Let's Let's go. go. We got about 30 minutes, right? 30 minutes of fan questions. We got time for a handful of these. All right. Let's Let's open this up. First one comes from CR7 who asks, is there a way we can modify the cage to mitigate fence grabbing? Keep up the great content, guys. Yeah. Make the hole smaller. You know, they've thought about doing that, and that was yeah. part of the concept before. But the problem with when you make the hole smaller, and there are Viewership. fences that have a smaller one, but not enough for fingers not to go through. If you make it to where the fence fingers don't go through it, it becomes too dense, too hard, and you can have people hitting their heads against it, and it doesn't give. And there's more problem. There's also the opposite of that effect of it's hard for people to see through it. So, yeah. you know, look. There are elements within sports. You look at the NFL. There's holding on every play. If you don't think there is, you're crazy. And people are going to do things. You know, there's in baseball, you know, pitchers are doing certain things to the ball. It is just the way it is. And I'm not saying that it's right, but it is the way it is. And when it comes to the holding, the one thing I would say is, like we saw in the Randy Brown fight with Trinaldo, which is the most recent, and you have a hold like that that absolutely affected the takedown. It uh-huh. should be, and I try to always tell guys, when you see a grab of the fence that alters the fight in the fact that he was going to go down, and that hold, that grab, made it to where it adjusted the fight, and now he's still on his feet, I take the point. If the hold doesn't have an effect on the fight, it's a warning. We'll see if that you know that's the way it should be. We'll see if it happens more often. We, you've seen, and we, you know, we've had a couple of fights where we've had referees taking points right away. Good for them. And people have come back and go, oh, you shouldn't have taken a point. You guys can't have it both ways. You know, It is what it is. When you have someone that does something that truly affects the fight and keeps someone from being taken down, I say take the point. I agree. Yeah, nothing else I can say. If it if it affects if I go to lift if I if I go to lift you and your hand actually gets tight on the fence and I have any type of any type of um resistance because your fence your fence grab, that's yeah. a point. That's a point. Because you don't know what I could have done from there and we'll never know because you grabbed the, the fence. Whole point. Which I can't is put, I cannot yeah. put the person I cannot put the fighter on the ground. Even if Tony I said Ferguson. dude, you you were gonna end there. Can't put you on the ground, but I can take the point. I went to sweep Tony three times in a row. Boom, boom. Two times he grabbed the fence. Yeah. I'm like, and, and Herb Beam goes, oh, no, just don't grab the fence. <laughs> Dude, take the <laughs> fucking point already. 
Fucking give me a little dignity left in this fucking fight. Take the fucking point, <laughs> motherfucker. Do you see God. what's going on in here? Give me a goddamn uh, break here. Jesus, Herb Dean. Motherfucker. I actually like Herb as a person. Just he's a good he person. Killed killed me as a ref. Fuck. Okay. He wasn't. He, like, it was always him though. It was always him. I just wanted to. Sometimes I just want to walk up to him now that I'm older and just like I'm not fighting ever again. I'm like fucking strangle you just just for fun. Gosh. But you know, like hey, we how we started this show. I'm still blessed to have been in the cage every single yeah. time, no matter the damage and no matter what. And, no matter how many times Herb Dean pissed me off, I still see him and I still say I still say hi to him every there time I go. see him. I'm still very respectful to him. I like the guy. I do like the guy as a person. Good guy. So Herb, if you're listening, my man, got love for you. Herb is a good guy. Next. All right, Mister Face says no question, but still wanted to say thanks, guys, for all you do for us fans. Hey. And then thank you, Mister Face. The next question comes from Thomas Malachi, who says Malachi. last episode. Last episode, you guys talked about Darius or Chandler getting title shot. One of the fights I'm uh, looking forward to is Darius versus Gamrat. Do you think Darius gets past Gamrat? And if so, how and why? That's a tough fight, man. I'll tell you right now. Benil is what I call an awkward fighter, especially in the stand-up. He does things in an awkward fashion, but he's effective. Gamrat lives off of wrestling. You know, he lives off of being able to take people down and control them. Look, he's fought some really good fighters, and he's come away with the win every time. His last one against Saruki, and you look at that, man, it was a tough go. But he got the win in it, and you look and you say, can Darius have opportunities against him? Yes, he can. For one, one of the things that Peniel's very good at is his jiu-jitsu is outstanding, and he likes trying to... If he feels like the takedown's going to happen, he transitions right away and he starts moving into what mm-hmm. he believes is the position that he can look for that submission. He's got to do that with Gamera if if he's going to the ground. But in the stand-up, Gamera is okay. Dariush is awkward, but he's effective and he's got power in his hands. He's had big knockouts. So in the stand-up, I give Dariush the advantage. In the wrestling, I give Gamera the, the advantage. In the submission game, I go back to Darius, so it's a it's a toss up fight. This is a great fight. We're gonna see what happens. I look at the same way you look at it. I also look though too is that Gamrot he could deny Darius the submissions, and then Darius could waste the three rounds on bottom and lose the round. Sure. Like if he gets taken down over and over, and probably can't get back up, he yep. could waste those attempts, those submission attempts. And just keep trying to get after it. Like a lot of Brent Primus versus Mamadoff and other guys that he's yeah. fought where he just got taken out and kept trying to do submission attempts didn't work. You're, you're losing the fight down there. If they're not, if they're not basically getting close to the point of almost finishing the fight, the judges are like, you're really doing nothing. You're just, especially you're, if you go after that same submission over yeah, and over, over and over again. <clears throat> so it's only gonna get I, worse. I look at this fight as being a fantastic fight. Um, Darius has definitely got his his uh, hands full with uh, Gamrock. Gamrock is a dog. He's going to make it a dog fight. And I think Darius, the way that I think he beats Gamrock is by just all the funky stuff. Yeah. You know, the push kick up the middle. Then as they circles out, if he doesn't get the takedown, he's, or he throws a combination, he circles out and throws a spinning back fist, 
he's that guy. Darius is the guy that's going to throw things that are not going to come from the normal angles that another fighter might that might throw. If you're fighting like a Dan Hooker, if you're fighting like a Michael Chandler, you're fighting, you know, they're throwing things that are just basic, basic combinations with a couple little feints and setups. And nothing, nothing to take anything away from those guys. But Darius is a different style of fighter. He's someone like, I, I don't want to say Steven Thompson, but this is the freelance. way that he, yeah, more freelance. Things come out awkwardly and just yeah. different. And I'm going to give some pump, some love to Molly McCann, like more like that. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Like, it's going to be like things that just, you're not expecting from different angles. And, um, that, and I think with his reach and his range it's going to be effective. So it's going to be a good fight. We're going to see exactly how it all plays out and who can implement their game plan. But I'm looking forward to that fight a lot. The yeah. sad part about that whole situation, right? Is Saruqin and Gamrot had a fucking hell of a fight. But Sarukian's fallen now down to like, I don't know, 13, 14 or something like that. I'm like, how in the hell? You are the, you are the biggest dog. Where's he at? Nine? 12? Dude, he's at 10. He's at 10. Yeah. Which is crazy because I believe both those guys and nothing against the other guys. I think both those guys beat Fazee. Both those guys beat. I'd love to see Chandler and Gamrot or Chandler and Sarukian. That to me, like to see if, like that to me would be. Those fights. Yeah, but but hold on. If you look at this right here, this is what cracks me up is Benil Darius is number six. I know. Right? He mm. was up at what, number two and three? Yeah, three. <laughs> and he hasn't lost. No. And he's dropping. <laughs> look and you go, okay. Yeah. They're doing what they can to get Islam back up to or get him up to the title shot. And they're just, you know, and Justin Gaethje's going to be always in that little mix because I think he's going to continue just to beat the guys. Him and Fazeev makes sense. It does. Oh, it that's a great sense. fight. I, I think the guy that's kind of in the middle there is RDA, but he's fighting a guy at 170 next. Like, what are yeah. you doing? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not. I don't know. Anyways. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I think, uh, hold on. I think RDA is fighting Sarukian. No. Did, uh, is he not? Pull, pull it up. No, he's fighting somebody else. I think I just saw that he was going to be fighting Sarukian. Is he? Oh, yeah. They had him for Let's someone see. else. He's fighting Bar Barbarina. Barbarina. Oh, Barbarina. Never mind. That's 170. Yeah, that's a 170. -er. Yeah, so, and he's not even in the top 15. Yeah. So, that's kind of weird to me. You have a guy who's ranked in the lightweight division, but, you know, so it, that's a little bit of a weird thing for me. <clears throat> but, nothing is already a lucky guy. No. Next. Hello, fighter. Next, right. producer. Producer. Next. <laughs> Patience. Patience. Uh, hey, did, did you say? Yeah. Did you? Did, were you? Did, could you hear Nordy in in in, the, in your ear go that motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> so a little backstory, guys. Last week, John and I did this this uh, toe to toe segment right before the main event, and I talked Patricio, the champ, because you know the, the former champ talks the the current champ. That's how this works around here. I'm never <laughs> allowing you to have your choice again. Oh, I love it. I always tell Nori, just whatever, whatever Josh wants, I'll take the other. No, 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 That's no. That's never no. happening again. I just want Forever, you to know. Forever, it's going to be never. the champ represents From the champ. From now on, I'm going to pick who no. I want. Yes. I won't do it. I won't, and do, I will the, go. I won't do the segment. I won't <laughs> do the segment. I'm going to have a son to protest. I will protest the fucking segment. I will protest I've it. i got to have my way. No, no, absolutely not. No? I'm I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> it's so great. So the backstory. Fuck, I forgot what we were talking about. Damn it. <laughs> you were talking about the Toto segment. I know. Where but... you would pick Patricio and you go, former champ talking about current champ. Go ahead. 
But what was the question? I don't oh, know what we're talking dude, about. Because you were talking about the uh, the producer in your ear. Ah, yeah. the producer in my ear. So the backstory on that is is that <laughs> we're doing this this the highlight package, but I wanted to set it up, and I had to set it up first by throwing John under the bus Always. about something uh, something he said on our show. Which he said, but he didn't say it the, exactly the way I, didn't that say I it said. In the context that you you put it out, but I said, "quote John said this," which right. John didn't actually say that. I lied. <laughs> and so it was the greatest. It was the greatest seg- like segue into the highlights. But this the the highlight package. I knew it was going to run because he's in his ears. Okay, highlights. Roll highlights. I could hear him in my ear going, "Roll highlights." And I said, producer, roll the highlights. And my producer fucking goes into my, in, into uh, Jamie, who's the, the female that handles, who takes care of everything I need. She's like the one that does everything for me at the desk. And, uh, she, she puts back on, Nordy goes back on talk back in all everyone's ears that, that are, they're working for the production team. That motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Did he just tell me to roll the highlights? You son uh. of a bitch. But uh it was great, man. I heard the story afterwards. I thought it was funny. Look, to me, that shit's funny. If you guys don't like it, all right, all right. All right. But it was funny to me. <laughs> that was funny. I love it. John and I have so much fun. You guys don't even realize when we do rehearsals, it's a fucking gag. Oh the producers God. are yelling at us to calm down. Yeah. Stop goofing around, guys. We got to get this done. And John, they're probably ready just to fucking fire both of us. Probably. They're like, you two knuckleheads. And then you add Amanda in there, who's worse than both of us, by the way. She's or, an instigator. Uh, Amanda, our listener, our <laughs> listener, man, she's the fucking worst on the whole thing. It's so great. All right. <clears throat> she jokes around way more than us. All right. Go ahead. Podcast day producer. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Hudson Showwater says or asks, hi, big John and Josh. As a new fan, I was wondering if you could explain what exactly the criteria for disqualification loss versus a no contest when an illegal action happens. For example, what was the difference? What was different between Peter Jan was disqualified for kneeing Aljamain Sterling versus when Sean O'Malley poked Pedro Munoz in the eye and the fight was declared a no contest? Um, and, wait, uh, and why were they ruled as such rather than both being DQs or both being no contest? Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Cheers, Hudson. John, real quick. Don't ever, if you're going to send a question like this, don't ever ask me to comment on this. I don't know the fucking rules, okay? Ask John. Don't, don't ask me. I have no clue. Like, the fucking difference. Say, Josh, could you answer this for us, please? 22 years of fighting, 20-something years of fighting. I have no damn clue, guys. Come on. And the majority of the fighters that think they do know, you guys don't know. It's so fun. Anyways, go ahead, John. Take it away, buddy. Take it away. So the real, the real difference here is when you have a foul, both are fouls. The one that Peter Yan, you know, hitting Aljamain Sterling with the knee, that was a foul. That referee determined that it was a foul that was, in his mind, was not accidental. It was intentional. And so since it was intentional and the fight could not go on, in the rules, it will say if an intentional foul takes place and the fight cannot continue... There shall be, shall be a disqualification. That's what was in the rules during that fight. When you look at Sean O'Malley versus Pedro Munoz and you have an eye poke, the referee said that he felt that it was not intentional. It was part of the fight action, accidental, unintentional in the cause. So when the fight can no longer go on, he has the right to make a determination whether he wants to say it's a no contest, meaning that both fighters walk away basically as a draw 
of the fight, a no contest, or he can say that I'm still, even though I say it's accidental, I'm determining that it is an infraction that caused, you know, a fight that this guy was losing that he now is going to be, I'm going to give a disqualification. He can do that. So if you have a fighter that is winning first round, winning the second round, winning the third round, and he gets fouled and you say, "Uh, I thought it was accidental, but I'm going to say that based upon what I'm seeing, this is a disqualification. He can do that. It normally will not happen. Once they say it's unintentional or accidental in nature, they're going to say that it is a no contest. But if they, let me put this one more. If in that situation, the fight has gone in a three-round fight, has entered the third round, or in a championship fight, like the Aljamain versus uh, Peter Yan fight, is entered the fourth round, he can have the judges score the portion of the round they saw, and they can go to the scorecards for what's called a technical decision that could have been done in the Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan fight. That's what I actually thought should have been done, but it wasn't, but it's okay. And then in the Pedro Munoz, Sean O'Malley, that eye injury was in the second round. There was no way for them to go to those scorecards. Hope that answers it. Right, Josh? You know what, John? You took the you words right out of your mouth. You took words right out of my mouth. Got exactly it. what I would have said. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Next. Producer, next. We got time for a few more here. So Dr. Roll Frankel Von Doom asks, question for both. How do you guys see the current top three of the featherweight doing at lightweight, making any run to the featherweight title? So as of now, that's Holloway, what? Ortega, Rodriguez. Yeah, the question's a little weird there. So... Uh, how do you guys see the current top three of the featherweight doing at lightweight, comma, making any run to the featherweight title? I think he means lightweight. So yeah. as of now, that's Holloway, Ortega, Rodriguez. Do you see any of them going up in the future? And do you see any being champion if they are, if they did? Okay, the only thing I'm going to say is this. I'll answer the question. But you're saying that's Holloway, Ortega, and Rodriguez. You're forgetting a guy named Volkanovski that's the champion. He's the top three. He's the top of the top three. Is he not? He's the champion, so technically he doesn't have a number next to his yeah. name. Well, they can get low. Are you going to sit there and say that Volkanovski is not in the top three of the featherweights in the world here in the UFC? Contendership? No, because he's a champion. <laughs> You're such a douchebag. <laughs> love you. Uh, so I'm going to say then it's the four. I'll go with your Yair Rodriguez. Brian Ortega, Max Holloway, and Volkanovski. Look at Volkanovski can definitely move up to light heavyweight. There's no doubt in my mind light that he can do well. Light heavyweight. Wow. Excuse me. Light excuse heavyweight. me. Lightweight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, very good. Skipping a couple very weight classes. Good buddy. point right there. I just overextended <laughs> his abilities. But I did see him working out with the middleweight champion. But no, yeah. if you're looking at it, could he go to lightweight? Sure. I think Max. Ho I think uh, Max Holloway could go to lightweight too. But we've seen. There is a little bit of a difference between him at featherweight and light, and lightweight. Yair Rodriguez, same thing. Brian Ortega, same thing. All of these guys, if you're looking at them, the only guy that doesn't truly have the frame for lightweight is Volkanovski. He is shorter in stature, less reach. He's one of those guys when you're looking at him, you're going, you're going to be giving up a lot to these guys in the lightweight division because they're longer taller, bigger guys with bigger frames. Well, Holloway, Rodriguez, and Ortega all match up very well in that. They could all move up there. So I could see them all moving up. Do I think 
that they could be champion. Look, on any given day, it's so hard to explain how small the percentages are between one great fighter compared to the next great fighter in what happens in the fight. And it can be a lot of things. It can be things that are happening that day in their life. It can be, you know, just whatever. Those are the things that change the outcome of the fight. The fight goes their way in a certain way. They land one shot, changes the entire outcome of the fight. So any of those guys are good enough to be champ. Yes, on that right day. Do I see them going up there and taking over in the lightweights? No, they're going to have a hard time. You know, that's why we have weight classes. You're, you're meant for certain areas and, and you're, you'll fit into those areas. If there was one that I could say, I could see him get causing problems in there, it would be Volkanovsky. Um, can you pull up the lightweight division? The lightweight? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to kind of agree with John on some of the aspect of it all. And I, the part I'm not going to agree with you is that Volkanovsky to me is a little bit of a throwback like Frankie Edgar was when it was BJ Penn and it was Benson Henderson, that type of stuff. The issue, the difference that I see in the Volkanovsky situation is the guys that Volkanovsky is going to have a hard time with are the guys that are ranked in the top three or not. Sorry. In terms of the two that are fighting right now is you have Oliveira, who is fantastic on the ground. And we saw that Brian Ortega was able to put him in a triangle, was able to get him in a guillotine. He fought tooth and nail to get out of those. Charles Oliveira, to me, is another level of jiu-jitsu than, than T-City. And I love me some Brian Ortega. But in that scenario and situation, he's going to have a hard time with Charles Oliveira. I feel the same way about Islam Akachev in terms of the wrestling and the submissions. He's going to have a hard time with him because of the strength and the size. By the time that Islam walks in there, he'll be 185, 188, 190, close, pushing to 190 by the time he walks into that cage. Volkanovski may blow up, but he ain't going to blow up that big. Uh, <clears throat> the other two, it makes for fun fights, Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje. But, Ju but Dustin Poirier's got one of the best arm and guillotines in the game. We saw it against Khabib. We've seen it against other fighters. He's nasty and good on that, and he's also a very big guy. So when I'm matching these guys up like against against Volkanovski, do I believe he, if anyone's to go to 45 and have just a right-of-way title shot, he deserves it more than probably anyone in terms of jumping weight classes and getting an automatic title shot. He's the guy. I just don't think he would fare well against the size of these guys. If you want to put him and Chandler together, I would love to see that fight. But why would you fight someone who's in the who's ranked fifth? Doesn't not make any sense. You're not yeah, going he needs to go up and fight for the title. But I don't think that Charles Oliveira and the winner of Charles and Islam, if Islam does win, I think that matchup is not a good matchup. Either one of those guys is not a good matchup for him. Height, reach, range, wrestling, submission-wise, not a good matchup for him. That's my that's my belief on them. Now the other guys that are in there, Brian Ortega, and uh, who else is there? Holloway Brian Ortega and, and Holloway. I think if Holloway had time to adjust and put the weight on properly and spend time to really get used to carrying that weight and still having the output that he has, he'd be dangerous, but he doesn't have the takedown defense that he needs in that weight class. There's not a lot of top-level wrestlers in the 145-pound division that Max has had to fight. Then 155, different story. Gamrot, Saryukian, uh, Islam, like... All those guys, Charles Oliveira can fucking wrestle too, by the way. Like these guys can wrestle and it just Chandler. I mean, all I'm looking at this, Justin Gaethje can fucking wrestle, even though he doesn't. These yeah. guys can all wrestle. So I look at that. I look at those fighters there and I'm like, 
Those guys are not known for their wrestling. Max Holloway is not known for his wrestling. He's good with submissions, but he's not great. He's not next level. He's good with the output and the boxing, but good luck trying to stop the takedown against the guy that's bigger than you. Then you get into Brian Ortega. He's nasty everywhere. He's got good power on the feet. He just takes too many shots. His defensive boxing is not enough, and we've seen that against Max. We've seen that against Volk. He takes too many shots. He's a dog. We know he, he's a fucking, he can fucking fight. He's great submission-wise, guillotines, triangles, all those things. He may catch them coming in on the takedown. But once he gets on the ground, I've seen that his, his defensive ground and pound is not the greatest. He shoots the submissions but leaves himself open to be ground and pounded. So if he doesn't get the submission, he ends up getting fucking hit with some big shots. And we saw that against Volkanovski. So... Yes, he's got the body frame like Max does. If they put the weight on properly, maybe build a little bit of muscle. I think so. That's all. I, I, Yair Rodriguez interests me only because he's a different style. <clears throat> he's different than the other two guys. There's no submission threat from the bottom, but he's not the easiest guy to take down. Um, he's gotten better at his takedown defense. He's fast. He's crafty on the feet. Like he's going to throw things that most of those guys have not seen. He's just tricky. The little back spinning elbow he did against Korean Zombie. These guys are going to be a little timid around him going, fuck, how do I stop this guy? What do I do? Plus his calf kick, like that's going to, that's going to nullify some of the wrestling, you know, if he's able to get it off without being taken down. So he's a different, you know, he's a different person in that, in that weight class. I don't see those guys coming up and having success. None of them, to be honest, they all kind of think need to stay where they're at. But if anyone deserved to go right away, Volk would be the guy. And the other guys have the body frame, like John was saying, regurgitate what you said. They have the body frame to do it. But they have to do it properly. They got to put the weight on. They got to train yep. with bigger guys. They got to understand that the weight is going to be and wrestle, 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 wrestle. Because those guys at fifty-five, they can fucking wrestle. Forty-five, not so much. Next. All right. Next question. Two more. From, two more. Yeah, let's go with two more. Uh, Xavier Coglin Rennie. I'm fifteen and I've been training. 50-50 in both Muay Thai and BGJ since the start of the year. I had my first inter-club fight in Muay Thai in 10 days uh, and want to do MMA when I'm older. What advice would you give me and I'm do and am I doing the right thing training both 50-50? No. <laughs> okay, that's what I was going to say. No, well. no. Uh, you need more wrestling, you need more jiu-jitsu, you need more, more one-on-one boxing. Muay Thai is not going to get it done for you. Um, it's a good addition. Definitely is. But like the one, the one, the aspects of MMA, all of them together, all those martial arts need to be broken up throughout the week. And you're just dedicating 50-50. That ain't going to get it done, son. And, and also at 15 years old, your parents shouldn't be letting you fight. Now, doing smokers, like, you know, against kids your age, that type of stuff, I get it. But having real fights at 15, you shouldn't be doing that. You should just be focusing more on hitting the mitts, you know, getting some more one-on-one time with your coaches, focus on the technique, on the grappling and the wrestling. Become a dominant fighter in, look, especially in amateurs. If you're 15 years old, the rounds are two-minute rounds. You're doing three two-minute rounds. Learn how to wrestle and learn how to jiu-jitsu because whoever gets the takedown, is pretty much going to win that round as long as you can maintain your top position. So focus on those things in your amateur level and learning how to wrestle, learning how to get jiu-jitsu, learning how to get the submissions and dominate the top pressure with a little bit of ground and pound. Learn how to do that in your amateur level. And as you get a little bit older and you want to get ready to start talking about pro, then you can start working on more kickboxing, working on more boxing, working on anti-wrestling as you get better. 
But in the beginning, focus on getting the fight to the ground, slowing the pace down, learning how to control somebody so you're not wasting energy in a dog fight, how AJ McKee and Spike Carlisle fight last weekend. Okay, like you, like those are things that you need to focus on as a young fighter, learning how to control the tempo of the fight so you're not getting tired, making yourself vulnerable to get knocked out brutally because you're so exhausted. That's the mainstay of getting better as a fighter, learning how to use your fight IQ at a young age. I agree with everything Josh said, and, and I, I hate to be negative in any fashion, but if your stand-up is based upon Muay Thai, Muay Thai, when you watch Muay Thai, there's almost like an agreement between the fighters. And that agreement is we're going to come to the center of the ring and we're going to sit here and check ourselves and do these things, and then we're going to start kicking, throwing elbows, all these different things, and it's not putting Muay Thai down. I love it. But there is that agreement, and you don't have that in MMA. So you've got to change that style of the stand-up. And so boxing is a huge element when it comes to fighting, especially you know, in the phone booth at times and understanding range. Boxing is a great thing for you to take. The jiu-jitsu is fantastic, but like Josh said, you got to bring the wrestling in because it doesn't matter how good you are on the ground if you don't have the skill set to take it there. So 15, he's absolutely right. You should not be getting hit in the head. It's okay for you to spar. You have headgear and things like that, light spar, no elbows, no knees, any of that stuff. Get rid of it. You're too young for that right now because you don't want to accept damage at a young age. Wait till later on, but God bless you. I hope you have a great, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, great instructor there. And I hope you have a great career coming to the, in the future. Okay. Next. All All right. Let's get this last one right here. Um, Two-part question. Let's go with John first. JG asked John, any crazy police stories during your service? <laughs> How many? <laughs> I mean, what do you one. want? A crazy police story. The, this is my favorite oh my one, God. John. This is my favorite oh, one you've ever told me. Did, no. It's the greatest one ever. Yeah. I'm not saying that one right. Just a recap. No. Okay. okay. Just a recap. Go ahead. You uh, can go. <laughs> just a recap. John walks in just to make this sh- long story short. John walks in and a guy's fucking barreled up to some other guy's ass fucking elbow deep and they're stuck and he's got to try to pull this guy's arm out of the other guy's asshole. Like, that's just the recap. Like crazy stories. I mean, that's just one. That's a one day. Like you're in LA. There's fucking countless yeah, stories. Go ahead, John. There's, Tell me there's another a lot. There's a lot of. There's a lot of. Yeah, I'll give you a, a partially good. Well, no, no, it's not good at all. There was a place <laughs> that I would eat. It was called Lou's Quick Grill. It was on Santa Monica Boulevard in this, uh, Hollywood, and it was uh, right across the street from a Shakey's Pizza at Orange. And Lou had been there like forty years. And when he was gonna retire, instead of selling it, he had a waitress named Barb. And Barb worked with him for 30 years. He gave the restaurant to Barb. So I used to go there and uh, that's where I would eat breakfast and stuff if I was working late through the night and stuff like that. And so me and my partner had worked real late through the night and and, uh, stopped at Barb's Quick Grill to have something to eat. And and we just sat down and ordered. And a guy comes in and says, you know, officer, he says, I don't mean to say, but I think there's someone sleeping out in the trash can outside. Well, the trash can outside is a big Dempsey dumpster, right? And so go out and look for the, I said, okay, I'll go look. And so I go outside and I'm thinking, man, this is not good. I'm going to end up, and so 
<laughs> open the lid to the Dempsey dumpster and there's no body in there, but there is two feet and a head <laughs> sitting what? on top of the feet. I swear to God, two feet that have been cut off and a head. <laughs> Someone's sleeping. I just looked and said, sleeping? God damn it. Sleeping? Really? So that's the kind of stuff that you would get as a police Jeez. officer in the city of Los Angeles. Oh. And they, and they wonder, right. man. And they wonder no, why cops. That was the end. I didn't get my breakfast. They, they, <laughs> they wonder why cops are so reactive so fast. Boom. And that's yeah. they wonder why. Oh, why do they, you know, they, they think things are funny. You got to because if you, if you let everything get to you, you know, you'll go crazy. So. The second part of the question, Josh, what is your definition of being successful in MMA? Question mark. Pay? Record? It's, platform? Or is it internal? It's internal. It's it's whatever you feel your success meter is. Um, you know, guys like, I'm going to be honest, guys like, I just talked to Eddie Alvarez on the phone yesterday. I talked to him again a little bit last week, too. Um, you know, since leaving, since leaving um, one, you know, he made a ton of money over there. He made fucking a ton of money. Holy shit. <laughs> good for Eddie. Money. And good for Eddie. But Eddie's always been that guy. Yep. He understands. I have a wife. I've got kids. You know, like I've he has he has a goal. His goal was to make sure that his life, his wife and his kids, you know, weren't didn't, didn't go without. And uh he's made great investments and you know, at least he's you know, he's told me he's made great investments. He's a guy that was driven by, no matter where he went, was Bodog, paid him a lot of money. Uh, Elite XC paid him a lot of money. Bellator. Bellator paid him a lot of money. They all paid him a lot UFC. of money. Everywhere at UFC paid him a ton of money. UFC champ. Bodog, I believe he's Bodog champ. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but no. Elite, XC, Elite XC champ? Anyway. But he's no. been a champ pretty much in every organization he's ever been in. I mean, yep. Pretty close. But regardless, Bellator champ, you know, he went to one. Now he's on the free market. It really depends on what your idea of success is. Winning a world title, making no money. I know some fighters, they've made very, very little money. There ain't much you can do with that belt. <clears throat> you, look nice. at Francis, you look at Francis Ngannou. He's complaining. I'm only making 500 grand a fighter, 585 or whatever it is, 600,000. And sure, that, that's a lot of money to the average Joe. But and when he's done fighting, there's, there's, he's going to have to restructure and find himself a new career. Um, that's not a lot of money when you're talking like, I still have half my life, maybe even more than half my life to live. How do I live off of $500,000? That's not that, you know, so what's your structure being the world champ, making money, you know, what's the other platforms, you know, putting yourself on a platform. No, I think it's more internal. Um, for me, my idea of success was a couple things. It wasn't just one thing. It wasn't wrapped up in one thing. <clears throat> for me, it was learning who I was as a, as an individual. You learn a lot being a fighter about yourself and what you can go through the things that the things that you can handle the adversity you can handle and how you react to that and how you will let it affect you and um i used to handle things very hard when i was younger you know, losing in wrestling matches you know losing a soccer game when i you know played very competitively in soccer as well as in wrestling and it used to drive me fucking ape, ape shit like it would drive me nuts so that i would come into the practice room the next day and just try to fucking start fighting people you know, and it just, I had to, I had to gear that towards something else. And as I got better, I started training fighting, jujitsu, things like that. As I got better at fighting, I started realizing that losing your temper or having that animosity towards other people because of the, your failures, it didn't, it didn't benefit me at all. So for me, success was based around 
how I've changed as a person. Now that a lot of that comes from too Bob Cook, who's helped you know shape me. And hey, you can't do this, you can't do that. Scott Coker and Javier Mendez can't be fighting at the clubs. You know, if you're gonna fight at clubs for free, fucking, you know, hey, I'll sign up for that. You know, you know, why am I paying you to fight in Strike Force if you're gonna be fighting at clubs for free, Javier? You know, you can't be out till four in the morning, then expect to come in at eight a.m. at the track and run good sprints. Things like that, just learning and, and adapting to changing who I was as a person and making those adjustments to become a better fighter. All of those things, uh, to me, is how I judge my success. Now, sure, <clears throat> sure, I was able to win a world title, you know, and, and to me, I consider one of the greatest trilogies ever in the sport against Gilbert Lennis. For me, I needed a nemesis. I needed somebody to help push me and drive me, and Gilbert was that guy. He's a good person. I like him as a person, you know, all those things. But he helped drive me because we were in the same organization. There were so many things, you know, I wanted to make sure I was never a quitter. The Hermes Franca fight proved to me I was not a quitter. The Tony Ferguson fight proved to me even at the end of my career that even though I was older, even though I knew I probably shouldn't have been fighting that fight, that I was not a quitter. I still wasn't a quitter. I still was somebody that like fucking hated losing and would go down fucking in my shield. Those are all things to me, how I measure my, my terms of success. You know, um, I got lucky that I won the title. I, I showed that I t proved to myself I wasn't a quitter. And I became a better man throughout my whole career. Those were the three things. If I was to shape it all up, that's who made, that's that's how I judge my success. Yeah. Very nice. There you go. Thank you. Liked it. Very good. All right, guys. Well, hey, we're going to wrap this show up. And uh, WayneAndPodcast.com. Pick up some of our merch there. We've got hoodies. We've got shirts. We've got coffee mugs. We've got the winter is coming. Fall is coming. Fall is here, actually. We've got winter coming, so we've got hoodies and we've got sweaters and sweatshirts, all that stuff available for you guys. So pick some up, post a picture, and we're going to repost it. Also, hit the subscribe button. Let's go right now, you guys. If you guys are new here and you guys like this show, hit the subscribe button. Hit the, the thumbs up as well as the little bell there because we drop shows randomly that, talk, that cover the hot topics that happen. We just did the Chamaya of an Diaz situation, and that thing blew up. So don't make sure you guys don't miss out. Get, uh, get our advice. And also at mybookie.ag, we drop some knowledge for the betting odds, and you guys can take advantage of that. Make a little extra cash from John and I helping you guys out. So use our promo code my, weighing in at mybookie.ag. Don, take us away, buddy. For everyone out there, hope you had fun like we did, the fan questions. If you didn't get yours answered, just hit up Podcast Dave. He'll put it on the next one. We will try <laughs> to do it for you. And just tell him, don't ever not ask my question again. For everyone out there, man, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you.